You got the drop shipping set up. You have Amazon set up. You have Shopify or ClickFunnels. What do you do then? Because you can have a website and make zero dollars. You don't have to get customers. I've got a special guest speaker here, Neil Patel, talking about eight-figure businesses. Plus, I'm going to give away cash. And I got a black iPhone. This is a 256-gig black iPhone 8. Never given away an iPhone 8. So we're going to be talking about five hacks that get you more paying customers. If you don't know Neil Patel, this is his book right here. You should know this guy. I'm going to say this in all honesty. I read almost no business blogs, almost no articles. Most of it's BS. Um, a lot of you have read Neil's. He's, you've got a couple different blogs. Yeah. He's got two that I follow. And we're going to be talking about, if you don't know who Neil is, eight-figure entrepreneur, Forbes named him top 10 marketer in the world. What did President Obama name you? Top 100 entrepreneur under the age of 30. Under the age of 30. He has one of the most innovative companies in the world. He does software tech. But a cool thing about Neil, what we're going to be talking about, is he's got all these like quick hacks to get paying customers. At the end of the day, the hardest thing, Neil, is to get people to actually pay you. Like People are launching social media marketing agency who work with me. People are, you know, launching their online business, drop shipping. Let's just jump right into this. When you speak around the world, what's the number one quick hack somebody can follow to getting a paying customer? Let's say you, let's say, do you do e-commerce advice? I do e-commerce advice. So what would you say to somebody? Let's talk about Instagram. How do you use Instagram to get more customers? Sure. So most people on Instagram their initial gut reaction is go and comment and engage in all the people who have millions of followers. Right. Because if they're popular, you can get traffic from them. But that's actually the hardest way to get customers because like you are unique in which you care so much about social and your followers that right. you're engaging with them all the time. But how many other people do you know like you? Right. Who'd spend time? Very little. So the best thing to do is go follow people in industries you want to be uh, get customers in. Yeah. So go follow entrepreneurs and people who have money. Yeah. And most of them have less than 10,000 followers. Most of them usually have only like a few thousand followers. When you like and comment and get to know them and leave thoughtful responses, they'll be like, oh my God, I got a comment. Because they okay. think they're cool because that barely... So go small, not yeah, go big. Yeah, go small and go after the people who have money because a lot of the successful entrepreneurs have very little followers. So you're saying most people do, because I've seen that. People will like go, they'll isolate, they'll be like, this person has two million. If I can just get them and they DM, even with me, you know what I just discovered? So those of you who are DMing me on Instagram, Instagram literally doesn't deliver all of my DMs. And the way I know is if I look in the inbox and then someone will be like, I DM'd you and I go and specifically type on their Instagram and click to DM them, I'll see a message that never showed in my inbox. So if you're DMing or on Twitter, you can DM, snapping, same thing. Snap only shows me like 3% of my messages. I've talked to Snap about it. So if you reach out to somebody who's getting too many pouring in, you're actually just basically wasting time. So you're saying there's good customers out there potentially for your business or networking that have like 5,000 followers. Most of the successful tech and internet entrepreneurs have very little followers. Why do you think that is? They don't care? Not that they don't care. That's not what they specialize in, right? They're not yeah. good at social media marketing. Like even 
Pete Cashmore from Mashable has barely any followers on Instagram. Yeah. You know, Geico, billion dollar brand, let me check. Last time I checked, they had 10,000, 8,000 followers. Yeah. It's like, so dude, obviously you may not want to, uh, let's see what Geico has. And I got to spend like this. what, 100 million a year on TV ads? It's something dude, ridiculous. it's more. No, 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 no. They spend hundreds or close to a billion. They're at, I'm going to DM Geico right now. What should I say to them? Hey, want to be on my podcast? <laughs> I'll see if the, what if I got the Geico gecko here? That would be interesting. I actually met the Geico CEO once. He's this older guy, nice guy. They have 8,460 yeah. followers. So the point is, don't make it hard on yourself by going all, I see that with business networking. People go and they're like, dude, I want to go meet. Elon Musk. Yeah, I'm like, like, that's, it took me to meet Elon Musk. It took me 10 years of being in business, basically, and networking. And you're well known. Yeah, and you go to the right places. I live in near where he, you know. So you think, number one, go small. That's the first one. What's the second tip? Somebody listening, they're launching online for the first time. They're building their brand. Let's talk about one of your businesses. What's the business that people know you more for now? Uh, I have an agency that does yeah. internet marketing, yeah. and that's growing quite fast, yeah. but I've been doing it for 16 years. Yeah. So a quick tip if you want to get more customers, because when I first started my first agency, this is my second one, I had no following, and now it's super easy because there's like Crunchbase, which shows like new companies that are getting funded, and there's all these job sites which are posting jobs. So let's say you're looking to be a social media marketer, yeah. and you want to work with companies. There's so many people that don't know social media and don't understand it because most business owners are not young, right? They're much older, especially the ones that are larger in size. Yeah. So if you go and you go to Indeed and you find all their job postings or Craigslist, you can be emailing back being like, I know you're looking for a social media manager and you can make a video, like make a video job application. And I know you're trying to get them as a client, not as a, you don't want to work from full time. You go make a video and be like, Hey, so-and-so, I know you're looking for a full-time social media manager, and I would apply, but you're doing it all wrong. See, the thing is, I know social media really well, and for you to get everything that you're looking for, you need someone to create your content. You need someone to just manage your social media profiles. You need someone to do video. Like, you can break down, and I'm like, that's more than just one job. And if you hire someone full-time, you're not going to get the results you're looking for. I've done well on social media. Look, I'm everywhere. Yeah. Look at my profiles. You know what? I can help you solve all your problems. And best of all, I can do it for less than your job posting as a contractor. So you'll, so you, this is literally what you do. Yeah. You'll have people, your assistants, or you'll do it. You'll go on indeed.com, which is like a kind of like monster.com, right? Yes. And I do Do Craigslist. Do you ever do monster too? No, I do more indeed, but more than anything, I do Craigslist. Really? Because it's typically like if you're just starting out, right? Because if you're just starting out, People who post on Craigslist are typically smaller businesses than the ones that post on Indeed. They still have money, yeah. and a lot of them still make millions of dollars, but Indeed is a lot of large corporations yeah. who will just ignore it and be like, no, we want a full-time employee. Huh. So you're just going, so you go in the seat searching for jobs section of Craigslist. Yeah. And you just look for people looking for marketing, contractors. Like social media marketing? Even personal assistants, you can probably yeah. do the same thing because if they own it. Now, you said you mentioned was it Crunchbase in the past? Yeah, we were yeah. talking about Crunchbase. So, what were you one. using Crunchbase? You were going there to identify companies. Yeah. So, what Crunchbase? What we were doing is, anytime you're pitching services, and I know you have a course on social media marketing that teaches yeah. people like how to do it, which is great. On Crunchbase, 
all these businesses, it's a list of everyone who recently got funding. So uh, Crunchbase okay. announces like people who are like, I just raised $10 million. I raised 20 right. million. I even raised five. You don't need to go after people who raise 100 million. Yes. There's more companies who have just raised one to five million. Yep. And you know what they have to say? They're like, oh, our investors need us to burn the money to try to create the next Uber. Either create the next Uber or go bankrupt. Yes. So if you hit them up, because they just recently got a check, what do they got to yeah. do? Spend it. So I emailed them, the CEOs, and the investors, because it lists on Crunchbase, which venture capital fund, right? The people giving huh. money. Yeah. And the partner yes. who led the deal. And their emails are all public because they want more deal flow. So you email them and the company and be like, hey guys, you know, I know you just recently wrote a check to this company. Here are all the ways they're messing up. I think this is an amazing company, but unless they fix this, I don't see how they're going to be huge. And these investors, they wrote a big check. They would be like, go hire this guy. So they'll literally, so you're coming around the back. Yeah. The backside, and you're getting them to put pressure on the people they just funded, put money into. Yes. That's and a you good tell idea. the investors, like, here are all the changes I would make. Yeah. Because the investors aren't going to be like, oh, I'm going to go do this without you. They're the guys writing a check. They yeah. don't want to do work. Yeah. They'd rather just go tell the other people, hire this guy. He knows what he's doing. What services, just as a side note, what, what kind of services do you find for your agency that are the most efficient to offer, that help people the most, that aren't too. You know, some things you can offer people are hard to fulfill for people. They never are happy. What, what do you find? Do you have just a list of things that you say, this is usually number one, two, three? The easiest moneymaker and actually the best service to offer yeah. is paid ad management. So okay. like pay-per-click management, whether it's Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google AdWords. Because most people that are buying and even spending half a million, a million dollars a month, or even a hundred grand a month, they have no clue what they're doing. Yes, they're just throwing money at it. Yeah, because they're like, oh, everyone else is on Facebook. We got to go spend money on Facebook ads. So you'll basically come into them and say, what do you recommend for somebody watching that's doing Facebook ads or thinking about doing YouTube, Insta? Do you do a flat fee plus a percentage of spend, yes. do you, or do you do, okay. So charge them at least a few grand, Yep. or 15% of spend. You can go yep. down to 10% of spend, and you can go all the way up to 20. Yeah. Getting more than 20 is a bit greedy. Yeah. Going lower than 10 is usually not worth it. Yeah. So even if someone's doing like 100 grand, you want to take 10%. And it's really easy for them to pay you that, and the reason being is, a lot of times like their copy sucks or their social media ad image just sucks, right? Like on their Facebook ads. And just making it a little bit better yeah. gives them more than a 10% lift. And they're like, oh, wow, we're getting better results. And even yeah. though we're giving you 10%, it's still paying for itself. Yeah, yeah, you can show them. You can track how much at first you were making. Yes, instantly yeah. too. You can say, look, your old ad was getting, your CPA was 70 bucks and I dropped it to 50 bucks. So I saved you, you know, 30, 40%. And now people, and I'm only charging you 10. Yeah, that's the easiest way to make six figures a month. Because huh. think about it. Facebook's worth 500 and some change billion, yep. right? Google's worth 700 and something billion. Mm -hmm. Facebook makes almost all their money from ads. Yes. And same with Google. Forget yes. Android and all that. It's still almost all yeah, ads. Yeah, it's like 85% or 90%. Yeah, it's something yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So you just had to take a slice of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a big pie. You don't even need a tenth of a percent. So for somebody who's watching, who doesn't know, let's, let's, go, let's move on to the, I think we're on number three. What's a hack for somebody who sees the value in offering Facebook um, ad management, Google ad management, but doesn't know how to do it? 
You can go to uh, Google AdWords. They have a certification program. Yep. And they teach you how to do AdWords. So Google for free. <laughs> yeah, for free because they want you to spend more money. Yeah. Because if you're doing a better job and getting a better ROI, yep. what are you going to do? You're going to spend more money. So tip number three is go, and I've had my staff do that. I'm like, go, go through this. It's free. Ben, did you ever get certified? No, I Alexander just did. Oh, Alex, see, one of my staff, I told them my brother didn't do it yet, but Alexander, good. Alexandria. I, you know, I learned Google AdWords back when it started. I got in. There was no tutor. You used to just sit in there spending money. It was easier then. What about for Facebook, learning Facebook? So Facebook Support Center yes. teaches you more about ads than a lot of the stuff you read online. And yeah. it's actually an amazing place. Or you just go to YouTube and you just type yeah. in, like, how to do Facebook ads and, like, go look for the most popular videos, yeah. right, and the best likes and ratios, and you just go follow their advice step by step. So it's not, the, the point is, you can learn it much faster. You're not going to go from Monday and on Tuesday be the world's best expert, but... You'll be good enough within one day. It is, yeah. It's actually not that hard. You'll be better, put it this way, you only have to be a little bit better than the companies that are paying you, right? It's kind of like being a personal trainer. You don't have to be The Rock or Arnold Schwarzenegger to be a personal trainer. You just have to be in better shape than most people. Yes. The Rock might not hire you if you're not ripped and massive, but remember, in the modern world and personal training, a lot of people are 100 pounds overweight. If you're decent, if you have a four pack, you're good to teach them. So in the same way, a lot of these companies, they're like 200 pound overweight when it comes to Google AdWords spending and Every, Facebook. Even the big guys. I used to manage General Motors' uh, marketing spend. Okay. Uh, just digital for their finance division. They have mortgages, camping okay. world insurance, and all this other stuff, right? Five million a month. Okay. Three million of it produced sales. Two million of it didn't even produce a dollar in income. So it's like, okay, you see that this doesn't produce, stop spending money on this two million. Yeah. I know that sounds stupid, but that's a large corporation making that mistake. Yeah. And this isn't uncommon. $24 million a year they're just throwing out. So you can tell them, do this. Just give it to me. Is that what you told them? Well, (laughs) I I started managing it, and funny enough, I got fired when I cut the $2 million. Really? Yeah, because the guy who was in charge, he was like, dude, I'm not going to get the budget for next quarter. (laughs) And I'm like, but you're not making any money for this $2 million. So you actually did such a good job. (laughs) They rewarded you by firing. That is very nice. Okay, so... Next question, or we're on number four. Let's switch gears a little bit. Let's do a hack for somebody who wants to sell more product online. Maybe they have an Amazon store. Maybe they have a Shopify store, a ClickFunnels store, and they don't have a ton of money. How would you get started selling something? If you were selling T-shirts, if you were selling, we were talking about services, but now physical product. You're, let's just say T-shirts yeah. or kitchen items or something like that. So one, there's a ton of companies that do drop shipping. Yes. And there's a huge model for e-commerce right now the, of all the drop shippers, right? Yes. And it's because no one wants to create or hold inventory. It's a huge cost center. So what I would do is I would first go to Google Trends yep. and find what's up and coming. Okay. So you just literally, it's a free part of Google, type in Google Trends. And you can start clicking around. There's a whole bunch. You can do it by country. You can Everything. do it by YouTube. Yes. You can, there's a lot. I love Google Trends. You can. Me and Zach used to have a little segment on our show called, what did we just call it? Google Trends? I think so. Very. Google Trends with Ty and Zach. Okay, so you go there, then what? You look for what's up and coming. Yep. You go find products that you see. Like They show you a chart. Is it like going up? Is it going down? And then you go to like places like Amazon, and you type in the product. Yep. If you don't see a ton of options, go and create it. 
Okay. And then just have someone drop ship it. How would you get customers? So let's say somebody's got, you got the drop shipping set up. You have Amazon set up. You have, you know, Shopify or ClickFunnels set up. What do you do then? Because you can have a website and make zero dollars. You don't have to get customers. Okay. If it's up and coming, the trends are showing that everyone's Googling this item, okay. which means they're typically searching it on Amazon as well if it's e-commerce related. Yes. And if you create the product and there's very little competition, yes. you can make a ton of money. So I'll give you an example. Okay. I was at a mastermind in Dubai that I was speaking at, and I met a guy who started e-commerce in November of 2016. Okay. And we're still yeah, in about a year ago. Yeah, a yeah. year ago. He went from zero to $48 million in one year. Wow. All he did, Google Trends, find the latest product, find a dropshipper, put it on Amazon. He's what, not what the best. What genre was it in? Oh, like widget spinners and every little thing like that. He did any product. He's done like kitchen appliances. I think appliances. I know that this guy's been WhatsApping me. Young he, guys? Yeah, young guy. Yeah, he I know. He just bought a Lamborghini. Yeah, he wears like studded me. shoes and yeah. stuff. And like, he's like, I'm not the best Amazon seller. But he's just like, I'm just finding what's trending and not much competition. He's like, you put it up. Yeah. So is he doing a ton of paid spend? No, no, no paid spend. <laughs> really? So he got something that's hot. He ranked high in Amazon. Well, there's not a ton of competitors. Right. So when people type it in, you're one of the few options and Google Trends shows you what's up and coming yes. without a ton of competition. Fidget spinners. Zero to $48 million by catching a trend. Let's talk on the multiple trends because he's just like, yeah, you just go to Google Trends and you see what's up and coming and you just pop this shit on because there's no competitors. You don't need to know marketing. You don't have to be the best. Now, you're not going to make crazy margins, but he was operating at like 15, 20% margins. Yeah. Who gives a shit? 48 million bucks? Yeah. That's a Even lot of money. Even 10% margins, you're making $4.8 million a year. Yeah. 400,000 net. That's not bad. Yeah. For some, I think the guy's under 25. Something like that. Under he's 30. young. I think he's 30. Or yeah. Let's switch gears real quick because I've been talking about this. Hi, I'm Arusha Pires, host of a new podcast called Investing with IBD. Here are a few snippets from the conversations that we're having. Ah, Facebook, you know, it's coming back. I was really treating it as a counter trend kind of stock. You have these really fast moving stocks. You want to have a little bit slower moving stocks yeah, also definitely. in your portfolio. What Bill observed after sitting through many market corrections is that the market will come down, but you need to wait a few days and see if there's going to be continued power. And that's where he came up with the follow-through day concept. One of the most interesting things is, you know, utilities have actually been very, very strong over the last 52 weeks. The work that we've done on yield curve inversion suggests that after the yield curve inverts, over the next year, utility performance is actually not that good. Come join the conversation on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is a bonus here. You make a ton of money. And we always joke, me and Maya, that you never spend any of your money. But you invest it. Yes. Let's talk about investing. What are three things? Let's just cover three things people need to know you've literally invested you never brag about your numbers but you've got eight figure business that's probably conservative and you got a ton of cash what do you like what are three things people with money or even a decent amount of money or even a small amount of money need to know about trends in investing right now so with investing you see things that are up and coming like bitcoin and ethereum if you're going to invest 
think of long-term strategies. Things go up like crazy and they go down like crazy. When Bitcoin goes up 20% in a day, that means those like Bitcoin can also go down really fast, which yeah. we've seen it as well. Yeah. So I'm not saying you shouldn't invest in cryptocurrencies because I do believe it's the future, but don't look at it, oh, today it went up, oh, it went down. Look at it as I'm going to put money in yeah. and I'm not going to check what it's at until five years from now. Yeah. That's how you make like 10, 20x on these cryptocurrencies, right? Because when you start day trading and be like, oh, went up, I'm just going to cash out and make quick bucks. Or when it goes down, be like, oh my God, I lost like 10 grand. I got to liquidate. And like, you become too emotional. Yeah. So think long term. So it's classic. That's the same with the stock market. That's the same with real estate. One of the best things that can happen is kind of like what happened to Zach's uncle where he forgot his password and can't get into $500,000 worth of Bitcoin. The best thing that could happen to your uncle, Zach, would be if it took 20 years for him to finally find the password on an old piece of paper in a shoebox when he's moving. Yeah, in the lo- no, probably not in the laundry. And he pulls it out and he's like, what's this? This is my password, you know, my secret password for yeah. my, um, you know, wallet. And then he goes in there, what do you think Bitcoin could potentially be in 20 years? Might be at, you know, 200,000 or something like that. And he has 10 Bitcoin, be multimillionaire. Probably wouldn't buy Facebook. Or he he gives it to you and you inherit it. (laughs) No, Zach's going to be trying to knock this guy off. He takes his uncle. Don't you love hang gliding? (laughs) So, all right. So that's tip number one. Invest in things with solid potential and then just stop checking them every day. Because you don't check your house value every day. No. Yeah. I I don't understand why everyone's like, oh my God, Bitcoin's up like 2,000 points. And I'm like, cool, don't worry about it. It's like, are you going to sell it? No. Then what difference does it make to your life? Yeah. Right? Goes down. I'm like, are you going to sell it? No. What difference does it make to your life? And you actually want it to go down. I wish Bitcoin would go down to $1 again. Yeah. It was at $1. (laughs) Then you buy, because if it goes down to $1, people say it's a bubble. If it's a bubble, it goes down to $1. Trust me, it's going to shoot back up to 10000 So you should buy. Boy, if Bitcoin ever went to a dollar, I would go all in. Now, it's not going to go to $1 probably. I would sell everything I have. And- you sell everything <laughs> yeah, you have and just like- buy Bitcoin. <laughs> so, you don't, so the point is, if you are a good investor and you have your head screwed, screwed on straight, you can understand that you... There's nothing wrong with the cycles of capitalism. You want real estate to go down because as long as you don't sell your house when it's down, you don't lose a penny, right? Then you can buy your neighbor's house. You can buy everybody's house that's having a heart attack. Okay, what's technique number, hack number two for investing your money, your profits from your business? Because I've got now a lot of people are starting to make money from all these different programs I have. And the, like they're doing some dumb stuff with their money. So that's why I literally built an investment court. By the way, I launched this Bitcoin uh, crypto academy. And we'll, put a, we'll put a link. It's tylopez.com. Do we have a special link for this one, podcast? Yeah, tylopez.com slash Bitcoin. It's pretty cool. It went great. Dude, we crashed my site yesterday. From this? I literally, it took like one hour to get the site wow. up. I was, I was kind of pissed. It's a little bit like things crashing. Should you be happy or should you be yeah. sad? I'll be upset because I'm like lost revenue potential, but I'm happy that I'm like, oh my There's God, this is doing there. well. Yeah. yeah. I saw a Kylie Jenner once crash Google Analytics live. Have you ever wow. seen that? No. She had like, like 250,000 people hit her checkout page in one minute. 
Do you know wow. how rich you will be? Well, she made $430 million selling makeup in the last 18 months. Seriously? $430. She owns the whole thing herself, her and her mom. Good for her. She's grown faster than L'Oreal, Maybelline. That's the power of social media. That is. So number two, what's your number two hack or piece of advice for people as you make money to do with your money? If you don't know shit about investing, yeah. your best bet is real estate. Okay. It's where dumb people get rich. <laughs> it really is. So you don't do have you to do, do some real estate because you're yeah. not dumb. I still do it because it's like, uh, and I'm not the smartest either, but here's the thing that I learned. You're never going to sell more than market value, but you can sometimes buy cheaper, right? Yes. You, you make money when you get the deals. But even if you don't get deals, like right now we're here in Beverly Hills, or is this yep. Bel Air? This is Beverly Hills, yeah. Beverly Hills. Okay, you buy land or a home in Beverly Hills, even if it's a piece of shit place, it doesn't even matter if you buy at the peak of the market. 10 years from now, you're making money. 10 years from now, you're making a killing. 30 years, you're crushing it. Not like it's gone up double. I'm talking about it'll probably go up five, six, seven X over 30 years or whatever it is. There's no more land in these areas and everywhere, anyone around the world who's successful is like, I wanna go to LA, Beverly Hills, like it's well known. So you pick a spot that's well known and you buy a land there, you'll do well, or you buy a home or any area that's around those surrounding areas because yeah. there's no more room in Beverly Hills and it's too expensive. You go to Hollywood or you yeah. go to Bel Air. I don't even know if Bel Air is probably expensive as well. Yeah, Bel Air is similar to here, Beverly Hills. So you just go around to the outskirts because they all get gentrified and cleaned up over time yeah. and they skyrocket. Like right now in LA, the Olympics, they're spending so much money to change LA for the Olympics and investing money, yeah. that means it's all gonna get cleaned up and even better and better, which means real estate prices should go up over time. Yeah, and believe it or not, I mean, people always think you're priced out of the market. With real estate, here's the thing. This is, I like talking about this, because we're talking about Bitcoin, how you can make money if it goes up and down. Real estate, as it goes up and down. So people go, well, I can't afford to get into a place like Beverly Hills, but, if you have a little bit of power as a persuasion, there's more potential investors who will back you in yes. Beverly Hills. So there's pros and cons to everything. One of my favorite sayings is, there's no solutions, only trade-offs. So but some people go, okay, I don't wanna buy in Beverly Hills, it's too expensive, and I'm a new real estate investor, so I'm gonna go buy in Timbuktu, Omaha, Nebraska. Well, the downside of that is, think about if you find a decent piece of land or a house in Beverly Hills and you pitch 20 investors, are those investors likely to write you a check for a name brand location? Yes. Yeah. So don't necessarily be intimidated just because. Yeah, and if you pitch an investor and even if they say no, they're not saying no, they're just saying not right now. Yeah. Right? Eventually you can persuade them to say yes. Have you raised investment money or helped people raise money? For real estate. No, for just in general. In I business. raised for my own companies. Yeah. I, one I raised 16, 17 or 20 million or something yeah. like that. That was a long time ago. And then other than that, I've never really raised for any other business. So for somebody listening that feels they need to raise some money, what would you tell them? What's the techniques that you use? This will be maybe the third hack for investing, but this is actually raising investment capital. What do people need to know? Sure, pitching investors is not that effective. Okay. Networking and getting to know them and helping them out with whatever problem, like investor like has some other companies that he's invested in, aren't doing well, but like, look, I don't know real estate, but like, you know what, I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna help them out and I'm gonna help make your life a bit easier. Yeah. Or you don't know social media marketing with your restaurant, it's okay, I'm gonna help you and I'm just gonna do it for free. Getting to know these investors and helping them out and building that relationship is the easiest way to get money. Investors typically 
when it's early stage, like when there are new people in smaller amounts, like smaller amounts being 100,000, million, whatever it may be, they typically prefer writing the check to someone they know. So going out, getting out of your house, meeting people, making friends with people, genuinely scratching their back before you ask them to scratch yours. Because most people don't do that. Most people's approach is, give me, give me, give me. Ty, Neil, I got the world's best new Uber app. It's going to make yeah. $600 trillion. Get in now. That's like most people's yeah, pitch. Yeah, and it doesn't work. I remember the first time I tried raising money, I talked to my buddy Andy. So Andy's first company sold to Aquantive, which then got bought out by Microsoft, right? For I think Aquantive sold for $8 billion or 6 or wow. something like that. Um, so this but, guy had a ton of money. Yeah, well, his didn't sell for anywhere near there, but he was rich. And then his last company just sold to Vizio, the TV company. Yeah. And then now he has his own venture fund. But even back then, I asked him, I'm like, look, I want to raise money. Or I was helping him with his startup and just giving him free advice. And then when I wanted to raise money, I'm like, hey, you know, I tried meeting with investors. No one gave me a check. Like, can you help me? And he's just like, yeah, you help me. He's like, how much are you looking to raise? I'm like, I don't know, like half a million to a million. He's like, how about I offer you a term sheet for $600,000? Wow. That's it. No pitch deck, no So you no were nothing. friends before? Yes. And I had see. you helped him out before? Yeah. What did you do for him? I just gave him some marketing advice. I didn't even do the marketing. I just gave him some marketing advice like in a meeting and kept up. And whenever he had an email with questions, I would just answer him. Yeah. That's it. Like nothing crazy. And he's like, thanks for helping me out. You're a smart guy. He's like, I'll bet on you. Right, yeah. he just, he's like considering Did you make his money back? I didn't take his money. Oh, you ended up not taking it? No, so I took that sheet and then I took it to investors that I didn't know and I got <laughs> a better deal. <laughs> oh, so that's cool. You get one guy to pitch and then you go around and say, look, this big investor will give me 600 grand for this amount. And then I'll I took a million. <laughs> really? At the same deal. So same equity, but for more money. <laughs> that's pretty sneaky, but in a good way, sneaky. So let's switch gears for one second. You've given a lot of good techniques. I think we gave seven things, you know, from getting paying customers, making money with drop shipping, investing, Bitcoin. I read this article. I think you'd like it. It basically was this venture capital guy, and he said he stopped investing as an angel investor. And the article says the reason he stopped is he goes, there's so many good ideas out there that will work, that will be big. Yeah. There's so many people willing to fund it. But he said there's not enough good, qualified, solid people to do it anymore. Partly because the school system hasn't trained people. We've grown up and been taught to be robots. Partly because, I don't know, maybe people don't, life's so easy nowadays, you don't develop the character from going through, like my grandma went through the depression in Germany for 10, she grew up eating like carrots, soup, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So you develop like this certain like strength of fortitude, you know, fortitude of will. That's true survival. Yeah, like survival. What, what are you, for somebody watching right now and listening right now, like what do people, I call it the it factor. When someone comes to me, I can pretty much tell. I've bet against and for people. And nobody I've ever bet against, now I usually don't tell them because I don't want to be rude, but just in my, I've never seen but somebody I bet against actually do well. And the people that I bet on, some of them haven't gone, but, but it, a fair amount of them have gone on to do big things. What do you look for? Like, what is that that someone can start building within themselves, that it factor? I, I look for someone who's really good at one thing. Okay. So like focus? Yes. Because you're either going to be like you 
are amazing marketer, building communities, building that tribe, educating, like rallying people up and you can get people to do a lot of things, right? Like you yeah. can command audience. Gary Vaynerchuk is another person who's amazing yeah. at that, right? Some people are amazing at engineering and coding and solving problems. Some yeah. people are beautiful designers, like Apple hires amazing product designers, right? You find someone who's excellent at one thing, yeah. right? Think of like the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours. Yes. Find someone who's amazing at one thing and is putting their skill to work because the chances are they're gonna be better at that than most people. Yes. So there's a good chance that they'll succeed compared to most so people. So for you, the it factor would be like hyper focus and mastery. Yes. Like if you yeah. look at Brian Lee from Shoe Dazzle, yeah. he did, uh, or Honest Company, he did Shoe Dazzle before that, yeah. did Legal Zoom before that. Yep. And everyone's like, what's his model? Is he a lawyer? Is he an entrepreneur? I'm like, to me, his model is finding demand, like people want to buy products, and finding a celebrity to go with that yes. demand. So that's like his one skill that He's, he can do better than most people. Robert Shapiro was LegalZoom, yep. Kim Kardashian was Shoe Dazzle, and then Jessica Alba, Alba was, was honest. honest Company. He always finds uh, like a celebrity figure yeah. to go promote it. You were just talking about, uh, was it Kylie Jenner? Yeah, Kylie, yep. Right? Yeah. Millions of dollars in makeup. Yeah. She's the influencer. Yes. Go find that influencer, or like that's what he does, and then create a business around it. Yeah. Yeah, actually, Kylie, some guys, some Canadians came to her. I don't think she's working with anymore, but they got her off the ground. They match her up. So for somebody listening, don't be afraid, like Confucius said, the man who chases two rabbits catches none. Yes. And a lot of people in this world, and I tell people, you want to do a lot of experiments to find kind of like the Dubai guy you're talking about, he's looking on Google Trends, testing different things to drop ship. He finds the one fidget spinner or whatever and makes 48 million bucks. But it's okay to experiment a lot, but you still, at the core basic root of you, you have to be able to tell people real fast what you're good at. Yeah. What would you say? So if, I, if, some, if you were interviewing yourself, like one of these Groundhog Day things, what do you say your one core focus power, superpower, we'll call it, what's your superpower? I'm amazing at driving traffic to any type of website. Doesn't matter if it's an e-commerce or a B2B, I'm better at that than almost everyone. So, you, so basically with that one skill, you can go and make eight figure businesses. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So let me do a quick, we're, we're live here. Let's see, what is your superpower? And let's, I wanna do some, live I like being live and I'm going to get Neil to give his opinion of just a business idea for you so those of you not sure what you want to do just comment with some superpowers that you have it could be public speaking it could be your you know your great networker it could be your great at excel it could be specific you're good at google adwords read a couple of these off sam when you see somebody google and facebook facebook marketing so what would you say there that's an easy one yeah, that's the easy one. So let's say you're great at Google and Facebook marketing. I would end up telling them, like, all right, go find a company who's on Google doing paid ads yep. and Facebook doing paid ads, yep. right? Because that means they're usually not in the middle or leveraging the free traffic like you're, you do really well. And you end up going and finding the CEO of that business. Yeah. Their email's all online. You just Google for it, right? Yep. And you say, let's say their name is John. Hey, John, I know you're really busy. You're spending a ton of money on Google and Facebook ads because your team doesn't know how to get the traffic or traction organically. Right. I can solve that for you. 
If you can, please forward this over to the person in charge of marketing so that way I don't waste any more of your time. Huh. Cheers, Neil. Now, they don't always forward it, but I found that like 20, 30% of the time they forward it because in their mind, they're like, yeah, I'm wasting a lot of money. I don't know if this guy's good, but let me forward it. So just three, if you email every 10 people, you should get two or three of those emails. Now, will the marketing person contact you usually? Yes, and if the CEO of the company says contact this person for it, right. not only are they gonna contact you back, you have a high chance of closing them as a client because they're like, oh, the CEO told me to talk to him. Yeah. He, you never said in the email, hey, John, we don't know each other yes. or anything like that. The, C, uh, the marketing person usually assumes that you know the CEO and they never ask you if you do. You're not yeah. lying. They're just yeah. assuming, and they usually hire you because they're like, oh, the CEO the told CEO me to wants, do it. That's a good one. Let's do one more. Oh, someone had self-publishing in there? So they know how to put, they're writers. They know how to write. What would you do if you were good at writing a quick book or an ebook or something to put on Kindle on Amazon? Yeah, sure. So a lot of days, everyone's like, oh, I'm really good at self-publishing. I want to go and put my book on Kindle. I want to go put it on, uh, create a print version of the book and get it out there in bookstores. Anyone who's in the publishing world knows that books don't make that much money. Yes. Ebooks make way more money. You yeah. can charge way more money for the same thing in a digital format yeah. with less cost. I would go to uh, all those sites like, um, I'm blanking on the name, like where you can actually sell courses. Yeah, yeah, like you can do Udemy. Udemy. There yeah, you go, Coursera. Udemy. There's tons of them. Yep. And they already have so much traffic. Yes. Go look for the most popular search terms. Like you can use Google Trends to yep. see what's popular. And then you go compare that to how many courses they have in that space. Yes. And then just go and start creating courses. You'll quickly make money. Like a buddy of mine, Andrew Dumont, doesn't know shit about eBooks or any of that. He's like, dude, I just popped it up. I'm not big compared to the people on there, but he's like, I'm making like two, three grand a month, four yeah. grand a month, just selling some eBook. And he's like, created it once and just huh. keep selling. So automated income. So for all of you listening, as we wrap up, remember, get a superpower and then build around the superpower. Don't forget the one of my favorite cliches, KISS, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. If one thing I like about Neil is he's like very down to earth. By the way, I want to take a second. He's a New York Times bestselling author, and uh, you got some good testimonials on the back of this book. Daniel Pink, the famous evolutionary psychologist. Dan Heath, he's the guy who wrote made, made, to, uh, made to Stick. Who else you got? You got Tucker Max. Oh yeah, this Raj. I'm not even gonna try to pr- pronounce his last name from the University of Austin. That's where Dr. David Buss is from. So go check out Hustle. And by the way, how do you pronounce that guy's name? I'm not even gonna try. Patrick Velaskovitz. Vla- okay. Yeah. We'll just stick with Neil Patel. <laughs> Neil's here. Check out Hustle. Without a doubt, you know, one of, my, one of my favorite sayings is everything comes to him who hustles while they wait. Like when you brush your teeth, read a little magazine, read a little book, have some cue cards memorizing things. Like hustle is not, you know, I think that hustle is, is a term that's sometimes overused and used incorrectly. Like I think sometimes people, to me, hustle is like, banging your head against a concrete wall and it's not working. So you hustle and bang it against a concrete wall even harder. But that's not, the essence of hustle to me is you still have to work smart. If the wall ain't gonna break, don't try to bang your head and hustle harder. Hustle then is going and finding a shovel and dig under it or a ladder. So it's more like hustles to me is more like ingenuity. 
Yes. And energy combined. So it's all about hacking life. Yeah. What's your favorite hack that you have in here? So one thing that I tell a lot of people, yeah. you're bo- when you're born and you're a little kid, you're just like, oh, I want to be an astronaut or I want to be a doctor. And most people can't figure out what they're passionate about in life. And they think that you're just supposed to be born and you know what you want to end up doing. What we tell people is go do a lot of little experiments. Just go try something for an hour, not even a whole day. Yes. And go try like five things that you think you may like. Yep. And through that little hack, you'll eventually learn what you don't like. Yes. And that'll help you get to the path of what you do like in life and what you're passionate about. Yeah. Which then gets into most people are like, oh, what am I amazing at? Usually what you're good at naturally yeah. is what you tend to love and you're passionate and you tend to eventually become like an expert at. Yeah, you got it. One of Steve McComsey used to tell me, Ty, you got to follow your energy. So follow your energy, find a superpower, build around it. I'm going to put a, go to uh, tylopez.com slash Neil. Okay, tylopez.com slash Neil. We'll put a link to the book Hustle and some stuff, N-E-I-L, uh, for those of you listening and watching. And uh, for those of you asking on that Bitcoin, tylopez.com slash Bitcoin if you want to get in the Bitcoin Crypto Academy. All right, let's do this giveaway. Can you hold these? Yeah. You're going to be the first prize is this iPhone 8, not even a 7. Let me snap real fast here. Do a quick shout out. Neil Patel's here. We're talking about his book, Hustle, and we're giving away an iPhone 8 as we go live. I've never given away an iPhone 8, so check out this book. Neil Patel, eight-figure entrepreneur, New York Times bestseller. Obama named him one of the top 10 entrepreneurs in the world under 30. So you like that phone? You like the 8? Yeah, it's nice. Not bad. It's got a cool little design to it. It looks gorgeous. It looks gorgeous. They product design. They yes. know how to do it. Okay, so second prize will be, first we'll give away the second prize, the $100. All right, so based on what Neil said, what was the, this is to reward those of you actually paying attention, the first two people, or not the first two people, but two people who answer this correctly. The first person I name will get the 100 bucks. The second person I name will get the Apple iPhone 8. What was the website, the job website, Neil said you should should search on if you're looking for businesses that could potentially hire you? He said they'll post on this website that they're looking for a marketing expert, and he said you can contact them and offer your services as a contractor. All right, so I'm going to close my eyes. Zach, you tell me when to stop here. Stop. All right, Facebook. The first person that I see here on Facebook... What is the name of the website? It's funny. Facebook is way slower. Look at YouTube. Portland. Yeah, YouTube is so much better. Well, <laughs> Craigslist was one, but that's not the one I'm looking for. Specific SEM Rush is no. Indeed. There we go. Maria Singh, congratulations. You get $100. Yay. All right. Between these three, Zach, tell me when to stop. Stop. YouTube. All right. First person I see right there, Mr. Bree, indeed.com. So you're the proud new iPhone 8. Yeah, iPhone 8. Keep watching. I'm giving these away on my social, my IG story, at Ty Lopez. Snapchat, I've given away. I got to keep track now. Last time I checked, it was like in the last year, it's like $600,000 worth of stuff. But now it's probably. You give away a shitload of cars too, right? I gave away 10 cars and I gave away God knows how much electronics. I think it's 11 cars. We keep saying 10. Did you really check that? 
I'm pretty sure. We gave away enough cars that we can't remember. I can't remember <laughs> how much. So we're paying it forward. TyLopez.com slash Neil to check out. We'll put links to his stuff. And uh, thanks, man. I really appreciate you. Uh, thanks yeah. for having me. We're going to get you spending some of that money on painting art. No? Collect a little art, man. Maybe one day. Maybe one day? It's beautiful, but looks expensive. <laughs> All right. See you guys soon. Hi, I'm Arusha Pires, host of a new podcast called Investing with IBD. Here are a few snippets from the conversations that we're having. Ah, Facebook, you know, it's coming back. I was really treating it as a counter trend kind of stock. You have these really fast moving stocks. You want to have a little bit slower moving stocks yeah, also definitely. in your portfolio. What Bill observed after sitting through many market corrections is that the market will come down, but you need to wait a few days and see if there's going to be continued power. And that's where he came up with the follow-through day concept. One of the most interesting things is, you know, utilities have actually been very, very strong over the last 52 weeks. The work that we've done on yield curve inversion suggests that after the yield curve inverts, over the next year, utility performance is actually not that good. Come join the conversation on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.